Welcome to today's episode of the Causey Consulting Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Causey, and I'm also the owner of Causey Consulting, which you can find online anytime at CauseyConsultingLLC.com. Now, my guest today is Scott Grayson. Scott is a blogger at Strength and Reason, a blog devoted to helping you gain control over your life. Scott started his career in information technology, and he then attended law school before spending 10 years investigating civil rights and health information privacy complaints for the U.S. government. He left the government in June of 2019 to start Strength and Reason, which of course you can find at strengthandreason.com. Before we get into all the promotional components, first and foremost, I want to say hello to you, Scott, and thank you for being here today. Hi, Sarah. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So I'll ask the uh, million-dollar question first. How and why did you start Strength and Reason? Um, you know, I, I started it several years or I actually came up with the idea several years ago. Um, one of the things that always appealed to me was this idea of strong and strong body. Um, I thought that that would really help people uh, help myself and other people um, just live a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I'm I'm into fitness. I'm into weightlifting. Um, so I've always um, kind of been drawn to that sort of uh, that idea of strength. And um, I had some uh, like mental health. Mental strength has always been a weakness of mine. Um, so a few years, I really started trying to get into that and understand what I could do to. Uh, reduce like some depression and anxiety in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as I, as I studied that, one thing that I started to realize that was leading to a lot of anxiety is this idea that, um, kind of let politicians in the media and, uh, um, advertisers kind of drag us around by the nose or lead us around mm-hmm. by the nose. Um, so, yeah, so I started to really get into the idea of learning to think for yourself. Um, so that was kind of the idea of where the strength and the reason came from. Um, and then I started the blog in February of last year. Um, I didn't actually put my first, my first post up until um, October, um, but I had spent all that time reading and writing and uh, just trying to develop my thoughts. And um, in that time, I discovered a podcast. It's called Wealth, Power, and Influence by Jason Stapleton. Cool. And yeah, and it, it's a really good podcast. And he had he had started off doing like a libertarian political podcast, mm-hmm. um, but he got tired of all the negative t- negativity around it. So he changed the direction of his podcast to this idea that um, if you can take control of your income, then you can take control of your life. Um, so that if you're controlling the sources of your income, you can be less concerned with what the politicians are doing mm-hmm. because you're controlling your own life more than that and so when i when i heard him when i heard his podcast and heard him talking it was like an aha moment for me like all these thoughts that had been swirling in my head and um, things that i had difficulty articulating or coalescing before it suddenly started to take form um so then um when i was looking at strength and reason i thought you know this is this is perfect this is kind of the perfect fit um so over the course of the last year or so, my idea has kind of developed into this sort of idea of um, we can 
take control of our lives by first learning how learning critical thinking, learning how to think for yourself, identifying where biases are coming into play, identify where um, logical fallacies um, mm-hmm. are being used on us to try to convince us to believe a certain thing or to act a certain way. Um, and then the second thing is just taking control of the source of your income. I will totally give Jason Stapleton 100% credit for kind of that side of the, the of the equation. Um, but when you when you take control of the source of your income, then you're less dependent on bosses. You're less dependent on the whims of government. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this, yeah. And the the, the COVID nineteen issue right now, I mean, is a perfect example where one day you had a job, but the next day you didn't, and it was by no fault of your own. Um, so when you control the source of your income, then if something like that happens, you're insulated from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really the focus of the blog is just kind of trying to help people to really understand how how um, like I said the media, the politicians, advertisers are just kind of every day trying to influence us to think a certain way, mm-hmm. to act a certain way, and kind of once once you can kind of see how that's happening, then you've taken the first step to really taking control of your life, and then once you're at that point, then you can start. Um, building your own sources of income that you control, and then, and then once you do all that, then it doesn't really matter as much what the politicians and the media are saying, right? It's like you've got your life, you're in control of it, and you're happy. Mm-hmm. Gosh, well, I, I have a big smile on my face right now. I, I want to ask you about freedom because you're you're touching on some really important points, especially as it comes to controlling your own income. You know, there's people out there who think still and yet. Now, I, I think it may change some after the pandemic. And as you mentioned, you know, you had a job one day and then the next day you didn't through no fault of your own. But still and yet, there are people out there who think that Monday to Friday, nine to five corporate job is stable, but really it's not. So I'd love to hear more about how you define freedom and and what freedom looks like to you. Yeah, for me, um, you know, I would define freedom as maybe more like autonomy, Um, just the ability to um, kind of feel like I'm in control of my own destiny um, when I wake up in the morning. And I go to work, I know that I'm working for me. When I'm writing a blog post, I know that it's for me. Um, whereas, you know, when I went to work back at the government, when I went in and I investigated cases, I, I was working for someone else, mm-hmm. right? I was working so my, yeah, I was working so my boss could get a promotion. I was working so my boss's boss could get a promotion. <laughs> right. And yeah, and, and I just, I didn't like that. Um, and we had a, we had a policy or my manager had a policy in the office, you know, regarding um, performance evaluations where she, it had less to do with how well you performed and more to do with well you, how, where you fell on this little bell curve that she had. No. And I was just like, yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of ridiculous. If I'm outperforming most of the country, but I'm still sort of in the middle in our office, I'm just getting an average review. Mm-hmm. And that's just and that was just nonsense to me. So now I have total control, right? Um, I mean, I, I shouldn't say total control because I still need to you know, depend on other people to go to my blog and read it and give me comments. But the quality of what I put out is my total is in my control. How frequently I do it is completely in my control. 
Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's awesome. And, and speaking of which, I I was reading one of your posts about your personal formula for success. And I was really fascinated by what you call meaningful action, because uh, 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 there are certain circles where people say, just take action. And, and I see it a lot, um, especially with acolytes of Tony Robbins that will say, well, just take massive action, do something, do anything, it doesn't matter. And, and it sort of leads in my opinion, to people running around like chickens with their heads cut off saying, well, but I'm taking action, you know, or they're, they're hung up on vanity metrics to impress a sales manager, but it's action that doesn't really accomplish anything. So I would love for you to talk more about what is meaningful action as you see it. Okay. And yeah, I definitely know about vanity metrics. Um, having worked for the government, we were more concerned with impressing Congress than we were actually <laughs> helping people. Um, so, um, so I just wanted to throw a little bit of political commentary out there. Um, government does not care about you. They care about impressing Congress. Um, okay. So <laughs> you can take that part out if you want. No, there's no editing. Um, you, you heard it here, folks. This is not, not censored in any way. <laughs> okay. Um, so what I mean by meaningful action is um, there's a book called Essentialism, and um, the author is escaping me right now. But the idea is is that whenever you do something, it it should some way lead to you accomplishing your goals, mm-hmm. right? So so you know if you're in the workplace, if you've got that nine to five, and someone asks you to do a project, but that project will not lead to you accomplishing your goal, say no because it's not essential to accomplish your goal. So meaningful action is kind of my take on that idea of essentialism. And the reason why I changed it to meaningful action is because I think it's kind of a sliding scale, right? So someone like me who is new to blogging, I may not know 100% what the meaningful action is. Mm -hmm. So like you were saying, for me, sometimes just taking some action, it it can be meaningful. It it may not lead to me actually accomplishing anything on the blog, but it helps me learn. Mm -hmm. Right. Is where someone who's got 10 years, you know, 15 years of experience blogging, meaningful action for them is going to be more narrowly defined. Um, So it it kind of exists on two levels, I, I guess is maybe the best way to think about it. You know, there's the action doesn't have to directly um, lead to one of your goals, but if it helps you get smarter about achieving your goal in the future, then that's meaningful. And then, of course, there's the you know the specific meaningful action um, that leads directly to you accomplishing a goal. Mm-hmm. God, that's really well said, and and I like the way that you have positioned that out. One of the things that I have noticed in defining who is my ideal client from a coaching perspective is that grit that persistence, the the willingness to say, I got knocked down, I'm on the mat, but I'm not out. I'm willing to stand up and try again. So like you're saying, the, the maybe the action doesn't accomplish anything immediately, but it gave you the opportunity to learn something valuable from it. And it's, it's interesting because you have made some fantastic posts on LinkedIn and on your blog about the entitlement culture. And, and I see people that don't have as much of that grit anymore. They're not willing to get up off the mat or they feel like somebody owes them a living. And I, I would love to know more about what is the entitlement culture as you define it and how do you see it playing out in the business world? Okay. Yeah, that's 
it, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of persistence, and that's actually one of the other um, factors in the success equation that I had talked about on my blog. Um, and I'm pretty fond of telling people that persistence is probably the most important part of success. Yeah. Um, and, and when I was talking about entitlement culture, I was kind of thinking, you know, we've kind of moved right as humans. We have to deal with adversity, right? It's just mm-hmm. part of life, and. You know, and it's reasonable to want to try to avoid adversity as much as possible. But we've kind of moved beyond that. We moved to this point where we think we should never have to deal with adversity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's like always the government's going to be there to take care of me. And we've got, you know, politicians promising people everything in the world, you know. You know, well, I guess first the politicians are scaring everybody and right. promising that they're going to come and save us, right? And just creating this the sense that we, we should never have to deal with anything hard. And and I just, and it just makes, you know, it just creates a society of people who don't want to try. Like you said, they just want to be handed everything. Um, so, um, so entitlement for me is, is that sense that, um, like you, you have a right to a job. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you don't have to go to work and work hard. You just have to, you know, maybe show up and meet some minimum requirements. And <laughs> no yes. employer can fire you or anything like that. Um, or, or even worse yet, you have the right to the job that you want under the conditions that you demand. Um, and and it's, that's just not the way the world works, right? You go to an employer, you have to negotiate with the employer the conditions that you're going to work under the pay, whatnot. And if you don't like it, you go find another job. Um, so as far as, you know, entrepreneurship goes, I think there's, a, from what I'm seeing, there's a lot of people out there who they don't want to put in the effort mm-hmm. to take advantage of the opportunities that they have. They would rather sit around and complain that so-and-so has more opportunities than they do rather than focusing on the opportunities that they have. And they, they forget that opportunities compound, right? So. Um, someone starting off, they may not have a ton of opportunities available to them. They've got an internet connection. Right. Got, you know, probably a public library. They can go on and start reading, go online and start reading about affiliate marketing and email marketing. And, I mean, you can start a blog on Medium for, I mean, what, Medium's free, I think, right? Yeah. So you can start posting stuff, right? You can start, you can get that ball rolling. Um, and there's tons of people, courses out there that you can get for free, YouTube videos, um, all sorts of things. So instead of worrying that, you know, you know, rich Johnny down the street got more <laughs> opportunities than you, take advantage of the opportunities you have. And remember, opportunities compound, right? So you take advantage of that first opportunity, you create three more opportunities. You take care, you take advantage of those opportunities, you create 12 more opportunities, and it just keeps, it just keeps growing and growing. Um, so, you know, stop worrying about what other people are doing. Stop worrying about the opportunities other people have. Focus on the opportunities that are in front of you. Um, because all the opportunities in the world are absolutely worthless if you don't get off your butt and take advantage of them. Here, here. I'm, I'm giving you a virtual round of applause. I, you know, and, and what you're saying resonates with me too in a, in a completely different way because I've noticed that, that there are people out there that if they see someone charging fair market value or more for their services, there's people who are jealous of that. And instead of going, you know what? I, this guy is charging 20 grand for a service that I only charge five for. I want to find out how he's doing it. I want to learn 
learn what his strategies were to get from point A to point B, it's almost like they just want to sit and pour out some haterade and say, well, how dare he? If I can't charge that much, then he shouldn't be allowed to either. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of trying to up your game, you're trying to get other people to downgrade their game to your level. <laughs> yes. And Yeah. And Right. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. And it's it's sad but true. Um, if uh, there's a, something else that you that you use that I really like, and it's the term cubicle zombie. So if someone is listening to this podcast and they've been thinking about escaping the cubicle zombie life, or or maybe they were laid off due to COVID and they're thinking, I don't ever want to go through this again. I what Scott is saying is hitting my ear perfectly. I, I'm ready to take control of my life. What's the number one tip? that you would give to someone who's ready to leave cubicle zombie land? Um, you know, for me, I don't know if you read the very first post I made, but it was always overcoming fear. Yeah. Um, I was I was raised, um, you know, I was raised by great parents, but my mom was always that, don't quit your job until you have another job sort of mindset. So um, there was just always that fear of not having a job, not mm-hmm. having health insurance, that sort of thing. Um so then when the opportunity came up last year, um, I, my girlfriend is incredibly supportive of me. She was like, just, just quit and do the blog. Yeah. Do it. We'll make, we'll, it'll work. So, um, so that's what I did. So that, that's my number one piece of advice is just overcome that fear. Awesome. Awesome. All of you can find Scott online at strengthandreason.com. You should also follow him on Twitter at strengthreason, and you can find him on LinkedIn as Scott Grayson, JD, MBA. Scott, an absolute pleasure to have you on today. I really appreciate it. Great. Thank you. I'm happy to do it. Yay. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. And again, thank you, Scott, for being here. Thank you. Once again, today's guest was Scott Grayson. He is the owner and blogger at Strength and Reason, which you can find online at strengthandreason.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Strength Reason, and he's on LinkedIn as Scott Grayson, JD, MBA. Thanks for listening. Be sure, if you haven't already, to subscribe and to leave a review for us on iTunes. Bye for now.